Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode 26 of Sports with Jesus. Do I really got to keep saying it? Do I really got to tell you what's going on in Sports with Jesus? Sports. We talk about sports. Wit. It gets witty. Intelligent wordplay. We play with words. Jesus is my middle name. Jesus is the name they gave me. When I was born, Jesus is my second name. Jesus is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, man. Let's go. Let's go, guys. It is currently 6.29 in the morning. Marcos pulled an all-nighter, you know, just chilling because he got to get up at, he's got to get to work at 8 o'clock in the morning. So we're recording this before work, and it doesn't get any better than this, man. Huge day for sports. Good action going on, and, uh, you know, we're just going to get right into it, man. We're going to get right into business. We're going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about some Knicks. We're going to talk about some MMA. We're going to talk about some boxing. We're going to talk about combat sports and whatever comes along the way, man. Let's go. Who's got it? Let's get it. Let's get right into it. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the baseball segment of this episode 26 of Sports with Jesus. And I don't know, for some reason, when I pull all-nighters, I just, I feel energetic. I feel energetic, and I feel like a million dollars. So, let's get it. We're going to get right into it. We're going to go, we're going to watch the highlight as we go, and uh, we're just going to talk about the game, man. Game 2 of the World Series. And we're going to fast forward to the fourth inning. Bam! Gabriel Moreno, number three hitter, the catcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks, goes ya-ya. Goes ya-ya. Ya-ya-ya. And the Diamondbacks are 6-0 and when they score first. Gabriel Moreno gets us started later in the inning. Josh Jung makes a, makes a diving play by the line. What a play to save a potential double from, and he robbed the double from Christian Walker. Crazy. Great play. We're still, uh, we got Lourdes Gurriel coming up. Still in the fourth inning. Man on second. Tommy Pham got on second with a double, and he scores. Lourdes Gurriel with an RBI single to take a 2-0 lead in the top of the fourth against John against Jordan Montgomery. We got Merrill Kelly on the mound, and this guy is dealing. Top of the fifth, I mean bottom of the fifth, we got Mitch Garver up, and Mitch Garver hits a sinker down and in, gone. Sinker down and in, he really golfed that one out of there, and the Rangers are on the board. In the fifth inning. And Merrill Kelly can't believe it. Bottom fifth, Christian Walker, who got robbed of a hit in the last inning, robs a hit. The ball hits the bag, and he grabs it with one hand. He grabs it with his bare hand, gets the runner out. Great play. Top seventh, Alec Thomas, probably one of the hottest guys on the D-backs right now, hits a double. To start stink to start things off. And you already know. Ivan Evan Longoria, he's next up to bat. Boom. And he hits a RBI single 
to bring in Alec Thomas. Huge, huge insurance run for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're up 3-1. to one. Bruce Bochy comes in, makes the move, brings in Andrew Heaney after Montgomery. After the single, the RBI single from Evan Longoria, next batter up, Geraldo Pordomo, he bunts, moves him over, sacrifice bunt, man on second, Corbin Carroll comes in, RBI single, man. I freaking, I love the way this team plays baseball, man. I love the way this team plays baseball. Bottom seventh, Merrill Kelly still on the mound, dealing, dominating. He strikes out Adolis Garcia in the bottom of the seventh for his eighth strikeout of the day. Catches him looking. My boy Merrill Kelly was on one today. Later in the inning, strikes out another one. Jonah Heim looking. They just couldn't touch Merrill Kelly today as he was just dealing out there, man. He was just dealing. Just dealing. Put this team on his back. And he was just dealing. Later on in the eighth inning, Cattell Marte up. Bases loaded. He's got a hit streak on the line. He's got a hit streak on the line. 17 games. And he comes through top eighth. Two outs. Bases loaded. Two run single by Cattell Marte to extend the lead on the Diamondbacks, on the Rangers. And these guys are just really putting it on right now. They're putting them on right now. Cattell Marte, his first 18 games in the postseason, he's got a hit in each and every one of them. Top of the eighth. You thought they was done? Not. Man on first and second, Corbin Carroll comes up. Boom, RBI single for Corbin Carroll, man. I love this guy. I'm a huge fan of this guy. Top of the ninth, pinch hitting. Man on second and third, two outs. Rivera, Emmanuel Rivera, if I'm not mistaken, gets a two-run single to extend the lead to 9-1 to one on the Rangers. Bottom of the ninth, Frias comes in to close it. To close it. Man on first, no outs. Catches Robbie Grossman looking. Adolis Garcia comes up. He gets walked. But we got Mitch Garver coming up. Man on first and second. Line out to third. And that is game two of the World Series. D-backs win it 9-1. to one. Corbin Carroll, 2 for 5. Tommy Pham. Come on, Pham. My man went 4 for 4 with two, bub- two doubles. And he scored two runs. Merrill Kelly went seven innings pitched. He only allowed three hits. One earned run. And he got nine strikeouts. What a performance for Merrill Kelly and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Shout out to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Merrill Kelly threw a gem. He just, you know, he he just led them all night. He led them all night. He was dealing. He only held the Rangers offense to three hits. And they only got four in total for the whole game. Another thing that I was talking about last game. You saw how the D-backs, they struck out 14 times last game. Guess how many times they struck out this game? Twice. They struck out 
twice. They struck out 14 times last time, and they put up, what was it, five runs? They put up five runs. They they strike out two times in this game, and they put up nine runs. Wow, what a performance from the Arizona Diamondback offense just all around. They collectively, as a unit, had 16 hits. 16 hits. And they arguably beat one of the best two postseason pitchers in the game right now. Nathan Avaldi. they brung him out. They shut him down. They forced him to five runs. Jordan Montgomery, they cooked him. Cooked J-Mo. Cooked J-Mo. They cooked J-Mo. Hold up, let me say it one more time. They cooked J-Mo. Four earned runs. Nine hits on Jordan Montgomery. Tough outing for him, man. Tough outing for him. Another thing we're going to discuss. The Rangers offense was just shut down. Shut down. Corey Seager, 0 for 4. Adolis Garcia, 0 for 4. I mean, 0 for 3 with a walk. Marcus Simeon, 1 for 4. Jonah Heim, 0 for 3. Nathaniel Lowe, 0 for 3. Leody Tavares, 0 for 3. That guy is like a guaranteed out at this point. But yeah, man. Just, just a great game by the Arizona Diamondbacks. All around. Great defense being played. They had no errors. It was just a great game from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hugely a one-sided affair. They really put it on the Rangers to take it home and have and gain home field advantage. And last but not least, Cattell Marte. In his first 18 games in a postseason, he's recorded a hit in every single game. And that makes history by breaking the all-time season post the all-time postseason hit streak at 18. The record was at 17, and he broke it today at 18. Just a historical day for baseball and Cattell Marte, man. Great stuff. Game two Monday. Let's get into some Knicks basketball. Knicks basketball. The Knicks, they got spanked today. There's just no way to put it. The Knicks got spanked. The Knicks got spanked 96 to 87. The score might sound close, but that's because, you know, the the bench unit came in and cut it down to nine at least. But they was getting clapped. They were getting clapped. Not was getting clapped. They were getting clapped. Let me get my grammar straight. And while we're and while we're talking about it, we'll just go uh and watch the highlights as well. Story of the game that I can think is uh, a lot of turnovers, too many turnovers, and a lot and a lot of missed threes. The Knicks went seven for thirty-seven from deep, and I'm stuck in an ad right now. I can't even I can't even skip the ad, but it is what it is. Knicks got off to a slow start when I tuned in. They were down eight to twenty, so off rip. You know, you already know they were gonna they were playing from behind, playing tough, you know, against the New Orleans Pelicans. They got Zion Willison, Zion Williamson, they got Brandon Ingram. And it was just a tough, tough, tough game. No defense at all from the New York Knicks today. No defense played whatsoever. C.J. McCollum gets the first bucket. 
Brandon Ingram in the post, post fade. That's his bread and butter right there. That's his bread and butter right there. Post fade on Quentin Grimes. He can't guard that guy. He's too little. 18 is six to 16 to 8. Brandon Ingram, again, post work, post fade. 18 to 6. It's 43 to 25. Quickly. Slow game from quickly. He only had 11 points. He makes the layup. Zion Williamson on the attack, bullying everybody and one. 60, 65 to 56, Zion Williamson is to the line. And you could just see driving, boom. Randall had a tough assignment today on Zion Williamson. Just not even close. Third quarter, 34 seconds left. 34 seconds left. Brandon Ingram, catch and shoot, bang. Easy, mid-range. Turnover by the Knicks in the fourth quarter. Turnover by the Knicks in the fourth quarter leads to the easy slam by Zion Williamson. It's, it's 96-77. to 77. It's garbage time. This game is over. The bench unit is in, and they just, they had no answer for the New Orleans Pelicans at all. New Orleans shot 46% from the field. Knicks shot 36%. New Orleans had 25 fast break points. And the Knicks... Tell you right now how many turnovers the Knicks had in total. Because they were turning the ball over like crazy. They had 18 turnovers. 18 turnovers. And one of the main culprit was Julius Randle. Perfect segue into the play of Julius Randle. He he has bailout Hall of Fame, guys. Bailout Hall of Fame. Let me tell you what's bailout. The re, this term is a 2K term. This is a, a 2K term. You know, the video game that plays basketball. This is a 2K term. Bailout. That's one of the badges you get. So bailout allows you to pass the ball after you decide to shoot it. So let's say you get the ball. You press square or X if you're an Xbox player. You press square and you shoot the ball, but you decide to change your mind at the last second and pass it. If you have that badge, then you know your passes are going to make it. If you don't have that badge, he's going to throw it away and it's a turnover. But nonetheless, Julius Randle has... Bailout Hall of Fame. This is offense. This is offense. He catches the ball. He surveys. He takes like five seconds to surveys. He makes a move. He shoots. And mid-shooting, he passes the ball. Just horrible offense from Julius Randle. He slows the game down. And he takes too many seconds off the shot clock to make a move. Takes too many seconds off of the shot clock to make a move. You know, I I would like to see him play downhill a little more. You know, make a quick reaction. You know, make a quick move. You know, Julius Randle is at a at a different level when he plays like that. When he plays fast, but no, he takes his time. He surveys the floor. He shoots it. Oh no, he's not gonna shoot. He's gonna pass it. He passes out of the shot. You know, he's got that Hall of Fame, man. He's got that Hall of Fame. He he always makes the pass out of shot. He makes the pass out of shot. And, you know, the offense is just out of whack after that. Like, how, how can you play with that offense? Nobody's getting in rhythm. Nobody's getting open looks. 
It's just horrible, man. It's horrible offense from Julius Randle. He's got to be better, man. He's got to be better. You thought Brunson was safe? Brunson had a had a bad game. When Brunson have when Brunson has a bad game, it's over. It's over. When Brunson has a bad game, these guys lose. When Brunson and Randall both have a bad game, it's over. It's, it's just done. It's just done. It's not they don't even have a chance. They don't even have a chance. Very low scoring from the from the Knicks. They scored 87 points. They scored 87 points in this game. They scored 87 points in this game when last night they scored 126 points against the Hawks. You know, so very light offense from the Knicks. And, you know, let's give some kudos to the Pelicans. They came and they played hard. Brandon Ingram, he scored 26 points. He won 11 for 17. Zion Williamson, he went 12 for 17, scoring 24 points. You know? So they just had they had good offense. They made a lot of three-pointers too. They made some they made some key shots. But just bad basketball played by the Knicks this game. A lot of turnovers, a lot of missed threes. DiVincenzo stunk it up. I mean, this we're paying this guy 46 million. We're paying this dude 46 million, man. He's stinking it up. Quickly had a bad game too. That guy's a nut. Quickly is a nut. Like, this guy is, he takes a lot of shots. He only took nine shots today, but it was I. You know, Zai, he only scored 10 points. It was just a tough game from the Knicks. Tough game from the Knicks. And, you know, the Nets didn't play today. They play tomorrow. But, you know, it's just, uh, it was a tough game for the Knicks. Tough game for the Knicks. And, um... You know, we're done talking about the Knicks now. Let's get into combat sports. Today in Saudi Arabia was Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury, man. You heard that right. You heard that right, man. Francis Ngannou, a former UFC heavyweight champion of the world, of the world going against Tyson Fury. The undefeated heavyweight boxing champion of the world. And it can't get any bigger than that. It can't get any bigger than that. You got these two guys going down. Baddest on the planet. Going down in the desert in Saudi Arabia. Great venue. You saw a lot of legends over there. A lot of celebrities. Even Kanye was in attendance. Like, bro, Kanye? Like... Kanye West, <laughs> this guy was in attendance for a boxing fight, man. You had Cristiano Ronaldo there. You had Conor McGregor there. Any boxing legend that you can name was there. I didn't see Floyd there. I didn't see Mayweather there. I didn't see him. But you saw everybody. You literally saw everybody from combat sports. You had Mike Tyson there. Holyfield was there. Chuck Liddell was there. Randy Couture. I mean, I could go on and on, guys. That's how stacked it was over there. You had Israel Adesanya there. Kamaru Usman. Like Manny Pacquiao. Yo, they had everybody over there. That was the fight to watch. That was the place to be this weekend. And it didn't it it, it didn't upset. It it was just perfect. 
it was great. It was great. You know, you had uh, you had a lot of shows. You had an opening ceremony. Lil Baby performed. You had Skrillex. And, you know, it was just cool. It was cool. Overall, good fight. Good fight. But Tyson Fury won by split decision. Here's my thoughts on it, guys. A lot of people are saying there's a there was a robbery. You know, it was a robbery. Um, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Tyson Fury won the fight, but by a very close margin, guys. By a very close margin. He won that fight by a very close margin. Francis Ngannou can box, guys. This guy can box. You know, I was I was a little shaky. I was questioning his fatigue, his stamina, but he made it, guys. He went the distance with the best heavyweight in the world right now. And guess what, guys? He knocked him down. Francis Ngannou, a UFC MMA fighter, knocked down the best heavyweight in the world right now in boxing, guys. In boxing, man. Like, that was just crazy. He knocked him down with a left hook in the third round. It was just crazy, yo. Knocked him down in that round, yo. It was crazy. It was crazy, man. But after that, you know, Francis Ngannou would manage to get a couple rounds. But I, I still gave the fight to Tyson Fury. He kept the pressure on. He kept the action. He kept landing a solid jab. Kept landing. You know, he just kept, he just pushed the pace. You know, he was put into action. Francis Ngannou was a bit times, you know, a little slow. You could see the fatigue kicking in. But he made it, guys. He duked it out. He stood his ground. Like, Tyson Fury was not messing around. Tyson Fury thought this was going to be a walk in the park. He thought this was going to be easy. Not... Knocked him down in the... F yo, that knockdown was crazy, yo. Caught him with a left hook flush in the temple. Boom. Got him on the ground. And you could see Tyson Fury's reaction. His eyes are wide open like, yo, I just get knocked down by a UFC fighter? Oh, my God, it was crazy. You would think it would be a huge mismatch, but Francis Ngannou belonged in that boxing ring. Man, he belonged in that boxing ring. Could have went either way. Could have went either way. But I think Tyson Fury won that fight. But by a very close margin, ladies and gentlemen. By a very close margin. It's a great fight to watch. And it, it didn't upset. It didn't upset. I had a great time watching it. I watched it with my sister. Watched it with my uh, my mother. And it was a good time. It was a good time. And, um, you know, they enjoyed it too. They thought the, they thought, they thought Ngannou, they thought Ngannou won. But I, I, I had Fury. <clears throat> I had Fury winning it. He he won, but by a very, very close margin. It could have went to a draw. It could have went to a draw. If anything, I would have gave it... If, if worst case scenario, I would have gave it a draw. Worst case scenario. But you know boxing, you know how corrupt it is. And they're just not going to give it to Francis Ngannou, man. You know how bad that would have been for the sport of boxing? A guy just walks in from the UFC. And he, he knocks down... The best heavyweight in boxing right now? He knocks him down? It's crazy. It was just crazy. And of course, they're not going to do that because Tyson Fury has a fight lined up for December 23rd against Alexander Usyk, which is going to be another banger for the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. So it's going to be fun. Very fun to watch, guys. Very fun to watch. You know, those big fights. And uh, it was a doozy.
It was a doozy. It was a good one. It was a good fight. Um, we're going to get into MMA. I was supposed to talk about UFC 294 in the last episode, but it, it, it just slipped my mind. It slipped my mind. One of the biggest fights in the card. One of the biggest fights of the year. UFC 294. Islam Makhachev versus Charles Oliveira 2. Not. It was supposed to be Islam Makhachev versus Charles Oliveira 2 for the lightweight champion of the world. But Charles Oliveira gets hurt. Charles Oliveira, the number one contender, gets hurt. Charles Oliveira sparring gets cut in his eyebrow, a huge gash in his eyebrow. And, you know, this is what they do out there. This is what they do. They get cut. So Dana White, Dana White explained it, you know, perfectly. When, uh, you know, stuff like that happens, people get scared. They get scared, and then, you know, they try to handle it themselves. So Charles Oliveira gets gashed in the eyebrow, and he goes and stitches it up. And Dana White was like, yo, these guys get scared, and instead of letting us know right away, we would have took him to a plastic surgeon and get it sewn from the inside out. Sewn from the inside out. So this fight could go on. But no, these guys, they want to go hard during sparring 12 days away from the card. And these guys want to go hard sparring. These guys want to go hard sparring and Charles Oliveira gets gashed on his freaking on his freaking eyebrow. Like it's bad enough you're getting gashed by your sparring partner. But why are you going so hard 12 days away? Why are you going so hard 12 days away when this is our, this is the biggest fight? This is the biggest fight of the year for UFC fans. And this is the biggest fight of your career. Especially after that performance in the first fight against Islam Makhachev. Like, come on, man. Like, you really gonna put that much risk into sparring? You gotta be kidding me, man. Very totally unprofessional and just horrible from Charles Oliveira. And I'm, I'm, I'm frankly, I'm disappointed. Very disappointed in Charles Oliveira. He just, uh, he ruined the card. Not. Thank God we have people like Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Thank God we have people like that who step in on 12 days notice to face the lightweight champion of the world. 12 days notice, guys. Alexander Volkanovsky signed the contract to fight Islam Makhachev, man. 12 days notice, guys. 12 days notice. He dares to be great. They don't call him the great for no reason. Total professional, Alexander Volkanovsky. It was a good card. I only saw two fights. I was only waiting for the two fights. And it was the co-main and the main event. The co-main event, which was supposed to be Paulo Costa versus Hamzat Shemaev was changed because Paulo Costa this guy's a clown man this guy's a can you believe I was a fan of this guy 
Can you believe I was a huge fan of this guy? I was a huge fan of this guy, man. Huge fan. But he's just, he's totally unprofessional. I hope the UFC cuts him. I'm not even going to lie. I hope the UFC cuts him. Total unprofessional. This guy gets surgery like 12, like two weeks away from fight date. He gets elbow surgery, guys. He gets elbow surgery two weeks from fighting. He gets elbow surgery, guys. Can you believe this? In two weeks, you think you're going to recover from elbow surgery, bro? Pathetic. I don't even want to mention that guy's name anymore. So he got pulled out. And guess who filled in? Drum roll, please. Kamaro Usman. Kamaro Usman takes the fight on 12 days notice against Hamzat Shemaev at middleweight. Kamaro Usman, the former welterweight champion of the world, the former welterweight UFC, the former UFC welterweight champion of the world, fills in for Paulo Costa to fight Hamzat Shemaev in the co-main event. Wowie, wow, wow, man. We got some dogs, man. We got some dogs. You see, this sport wouldn't be great if it weren't for people like Kamaru Usman. This sport wouldn't be great if it weren't for people like Alexander Volkanovsky. This sport wouldn't be great at all. The best people fight the best. It's not boxing, man. I don't even want to talk about boxing anymore. It's so rigged. It's so trash. Boxing is, is slowly becoming nothing. There's a lot of good fighters out there, and the good fighters don't want to fight each other in boxing. But in the UFC, the best fight the best. So Kamaru Usman comes in on 12 days' notice to go against Hamza Shemaev. That was one of that was one of the fights that I was watching, that I was working, and I took my break for it so I could watch it. And it was a good fight. It was a good fight. Kamaru Usman versus Hamza Shemaev. Hamza won by split decision. It was a good fight. The first round was a 10-8. I give it a 10-8. Hamzad was just dominating with the grappling. Dominating. Second round, I give it to Hamzad as well. But the third round, I'll give it to Kamaru Usman. In the third round, you could see fatigue kick in for Hamza Shemaev, which is going to be a problem for him if he tries. If, if, if he wants to have championship aspirations, man, he's got to work on that fatigue, that stamina. Because this is the second time I see him fight in a three-round fight. And he's he's a little gassed. He's a little gassed. If this fight was to go five rounds, Kamaru Usman would have won. I would give it to Kamaru Usman. And a reason Kamaru Usman lost is that he's a slow starter. He's a slow starter. And also, he didn't trust his hands. He was not trusting his hands much. He was a little... He was a little hesitant, you know, to defend the takedown, to defend the grappling of Hamza Shemaev. But at the third round, he was letting the hands fly and they were landing. They were landing in the third round. And uh, it wasn't enough. Hamza Shemaev was able to come away with the victory. Good fight, good fight. And the main event, the probably one of the biggest fight. This is the biggest fight of the year. You got Alexander Volkanovsky versus Islam Mahashev for the second time. 
I wish Alexander Volkanovsky had a had a full camp because we saw what he could do in the full camp. He arguably won that first fight against Islam Makhachev. I think he won that fight. I think he won that fight. I definitely gave him that fight. But Hamzad was able to come away with the victory and retain his lightweight championship. But here we go. We got the rematch on 12 days notice. Volk took the fight to save the card. To save the card, Volkanovsky came in and took the fight. And it ended just as it started. A head kick TKO from Islam Makhachev. Islam Makhachev was just setting it up beautifully the whole round. Setting it up beautifully. Kicking to the body. Kicking to the legs. And he caught him right in the temple. He caught Volkanovsky in the temple and down goes Volkanovsky. And down, it's over. Crazy. It's crazy, crazy, man. The fight game, yo. The fight game is just so crazy. Islam Mahashev Volkanovsky taking the fight on 12 days notice, guys. 12 days notice. Usually, fighters have about uh, four weeks. Four weeks to prepare for a fight. But this guy took it on 12 days notice, man. 12 days notice. And you feel for the guy, man. You feel for the guy. I feel bad for Alexander Volkanovsky, but I feel like he underestimated Islam Makhachev because of that first fight. And he just thought he knew him too well. He knew him too well. And he got caught, man. He got caught. It was tough to see. Tough to see, man. Volkanovski has never gotten knocked out in his UFC, in his mixed martial arts career. And wowee, wow, wow, man. It was tough to see. His only two losses in the UFC are to Islam Makhachev, yo. And it's just crazy. It's crazy. But a good fight. If And before I go, you know, I think, think Islam, you know, they say Charles uh, Justin Gaethje is next in line. But he's got to fight Charles again, and he's got to fight Justin Gay. I don't care. He's got to fight all those people, man. Protect, yo, defend the lightweight title, man. Stay active. This guy only likes to fight like once a year. Most of the time, he likes to fight in Abu Dhabi. But Islam, he's got to, yo, Charles got to come through for us. Or Justin Gaethje's got to come through for us. One of those guys got to come through for us. And uh, as of Hamzab Shemaev versus Kamaru Usman, that fight was to was for a title shot against Sean Strickland for the middleweight title. That fight between Usman versus Hamzat. Whoever won that fight is most likely the number one contender and going to get the next title shot against Sean Strickland. So Hamzat won that fight, and it looks like he's getting a, a title shot against Sean Strickland. He did say he broke his hand in that fight. He said he broke his hand on that fight from a punch in the first round. So, you know, he said he broke his hand, but who knows when he comes back and hopefully he fights for the middleweight championship. But I think Sean Strickland got that. Sean Strickland, his cardio is zero to none. His pressure is zero to none. 
His boxing is, his defense is, you know, he's got crazy boxing and his pressure is just zero tonight. He's in your face 24-7. He made Israel Adesanya run for like seven miles in that fight. You know, he had him on his back foot the whole time. He was in his face the whole time. Sean Strickland, he's got wrestling. Sean Strickland, he's got hands. Sean Strickland, he's got cardio, man. And he's going to stay in your face 24-7, man. 24-7, man. So Sean Strickland, I got him winning that fight against Hamzad probably in the third round and the fourth round by TKO. Probably in one of those rounds by TKO. But it's fun, man. It's fun. You know, a lot of sports going on. Good sports day. Good episode so far. I'm liking the way this episode is flowing. You know, I'm getting straight to the point. I'm getting busy. I'm talking, man. And it's just fun, man. Uh, let's get into the Bible talk, man. Let's get it. That's it for the sports segment. Guys, remember to read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read the gospel, f- spread the gospel, and just love, man, love. Here we go, Exodus 15, we left off when Moses and the Lord, they split the Red Sea so the Israelites could pass by while the Egyptians were chasing them. Egyptians got caught in the Red Sea, they closed it up and drowned all of them and just wiped out the whole army of the Egyptians. And here we go. Exodus 15. After. You know. The Red Sea business. Then Moses and the Israelites. Began singing this song. To the Lord. I will sing to the Lord. He has done great things. He threw horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength. He saves me, and I sing songs of praise to him. He is my God, and I praise him. He is the God of my ancestors, and I honor him. The Lord is a great soldier. The Lord is his name. He threw Pharaoh's chariots and soldiers into the sea. Pharaoh's very best soldiers drowned in the Red Sea. The deep water covered them, and they sank to the bottom like rocks. Lord, your right hand is amazingly strong. With your right hand, Lord, you broke the enemy to pieces. In your great majesty, you destroyed those who stood against you. Your anger destroyed them like fire-burning straw. The wind you sent in anger piled the water high. The flowing water became a wall, solid to its deepest parts. The enemy said, I'll chase them and catch them. I'll take all their riches. I'll take it all with my sword. I'll take everything for myself. But you blew on them and covered them with the sea. Then they sank like lead into the deep sea. Are there any gods like the Lord? No, there are no gods like you. You are wonderfully holy. You are amazingly powerful. You do great miracles. You raised your right hand to punish the enemy, and the ground opened up to swallow them. But with your kindness, you led the people you saved, and with your strength, you led them to your holy land. The other nations will hear this story, and they will be frightened. 
The Philistines will shake fear, shake with fear. The commanders of Edom will tremble. The leaders of Moab will be afraid. The people of Canaan will lose their courage. They will be filled with fear when they see your strength. They will be as still as a rock, Lord, while your people, the ones you made, pass by. You will lead your people to your own mountain. You will let them live by the place that you, Lord, prepared as your home. It is the temple, Lord, that you yourself built. The Lord will rule forever and ever. That was a great song. I mean, I, I, I was, I was going to sing it, you know, like I, like a sing, like a song. But I was like, nah, chill, I don't got no vocals. But it still sounds beautiful. Thank you guys for listening to my beautiful song. I'm playing, it's the Lord's song, whatever. Here we go, guys, let's get right into it. Yes, it really happened. Pharaoh's horses and riders and chariots went into the sea. And the Lord brought all the water of the sea down on top of them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry land. Then Aaron's mis- and then Aaron's sister, the woman, the woman prophet Miriam, took a tambourine. She and the woman began singing and dancing. Miriam repeated the words, Sing to the Lord, he has done great things. He threw horses and riders into the sea. Moses led the Israelites away from the Red Sea and into the desert of Shur. They traveled for three days into the desert. They could not find any water. Then they came to Mara. There was water at Mara, but it was too bitter to drink. The people began complaining to Moses. Sorry. The people began complaining to Moses. They said, now what will we drink? So Moses called to the Lord and the Lord showed him a large piece of wood. When Moses put the wood in the water, the water became good to drink. There the Lord put in place a law and command for him and tested him to see if he would obey. He said to him, I am the Lord, your God. If you listen to me and do what I say is right, and if you obey all my commands and laws, then I will not give you any of the sickness that I gave the Egyptians. I am the Lord who heals you. Then the people who traveled to Elam. Then the people traveled to Elam. At Elam there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees. So the people made their camp there near the water. Then all the Israelites left Elam. They reached the western Sinai desert between Elam and Mount Sinai. On the fifteenth day of the second month after leaving Egypt, then the whole community of Israel, then the whole community, then the whole community of Israelites began complaining again. They complained to Moses and Aaron in the desert. They said, "It would have been better if the Lord had just killed us in the land of Egypt. At least there we had plenty to eat." We had all the food we needed, but now you have brought us out here into the desert to make us all die from hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will cause food to fall from the sky. This food will be for you to eat. Every day, the people should go out and gather the food they need that day. I will do this to see if they will do what I tell them. 
Every day the people will gather only enough for food for one day. But on Friday, when the people prepare their food, they will see that they have enough food for two days. So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, Tonight you will see the power of the Lord. You will know that he is one. You will know that he is the one who brought you out of Egypt. You have been complaining about the Lord and he heard you. So tomorrow morning you will see the glory of the Lord. You have been complaining and complaining about us. Maybe now we can have a little rest. Then Moses said, In the evening the Lord will give you meat to eat. And in the morning you will have all the bread you want. The Lord will do this because he has heard your complaining, which was against him, not us. What can we do? We do only what he tells us to do, so your complaints are really against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Tell the whole community of Israelites to come together before the Lord because he has heard their complaints. So Aaron spoke to all the Israelites. While he was talking, the people turned and looked into the desert, and they saw the glory of the Lord appear in a cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the complaints of the Israelites. So tell them, tonight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know you can trust the Lord, your God. That evening, flocks of quail came and filled the camp. And in the morning, the dew lay on the ground all around it. After the dew was gone, something like thin flakes of the frost was on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they asked each other, What is that? Because they did not know what it was. So Moses told them, This is the food the Lord is giving you to eat. The Lord says, Each of you should gather what you need, a basket of manna for everyone in your family. So that is what the Israelites did. Some people gathered a large amount. Some people gathered a little. But when they measured what they gathered, there was no shortage and there was none left over. Everyone gathered just what they needed. Moses told them, don't save the food to the next day. But some of the people did not obey Moses. They saved their foods for the next day. But worms got into the food and it began to stink. Moses was angry with the people who did this. Every morning the people gathered as much food as they could eat. But by noon the food was melted and gone. On Friday the people gathered twice as much as food. Two baskets for every person. So all the leaders of the people came. And told this to Moses. Moses told them. This is what the Lord said would happen. It happened because tomorrow is the Sabbath, the special day of rest to honor the Lord. You can cook all the food you need to cook for today, but save the rest of this food for tomorrow morning. So the people saved the rest of the food. Sorry, guys, I'm not bored. I'm just, I haven't slept. So the people saved the rest of the food for the next day as Moses had commanded, and none of the food spoiled or had worms in it. On Saturday, Moses told the people, Today is the Sabbath, the special day of rest to honor the Lord, so none of you should be out in the fields. Eat the food you gathered yesterday. 
you should gather the food for six days, but the seventh day of the week is a day of rest. So there will not be any of the special food on the ground. On Saturday, some of the people went out to gather. On Saturday, some of the people went out to gather some of the food, but they could not find any. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you people refuse to obey my commands and teachings? Look, the Lord has made a Sabbath day of rest for you. So on Friday, he will give you enough food for two days. Then on, then on the Sabbath, each of you should sit down and relax. Stay where you are. So the people rested on the Sabbath. The people called the special food manna. It was like small white coriander seeds and tasted like thin cakes made with honey. Moses told the people what the Lord said. Save a basket of this food for your descendants. Then they can see the food that I gave you, gave to you in the desert when I took you out of Egypt. So Moses told Aaron, take a jar and fill it with a basket of manna. Save this manna to put before our Lord. Save it for our descendants. The people ate the manna for 40 years until they came to the land of rest that is until they came to the edge of the land of Canaan. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude the Bible talk and conclude episode number 26 of Sports Wit Jesus. I'd love to keep going on, but it is 7.18 and I clock in at 8 a.m. in the morning, so I got to get busy, I got to get moving. And you already know how it goes. But just a quick little thing, guys, of what's going on with Marcos. Marcos is on the search of a new job, guys. Marcos is on the search of a new job. He's getting out of Best Buy. And I'm saying it on this podcast so I can manifest it. I put the pressure on myself, man. I let the people know. I let leadership know. Marcos' time is coming up in Best Buy. Marcos has an interview Monday for Empire Today. You know that little commercial with the jingle 800-588-2305 today boom that is what i'm going to be interviewing for guys i'm going to be interviewing monday it's 100 commission you know it's just a step i'm i'm nervous i'm scared you know because it's something new but i gotta go i gotta take this challenge head on guys i gotta get out of best way and i gotta spread some love out there man but yeah, guys, your boy Marcos is on the hunt. Yo, if you got any opportunities for me, you know, let me know. You feel me? Sports with Jesus. My Instagram page. Hit me up. See my wrist now. But guys, thank you guys, you know, for, for staying with me in episode 26. Good stuff. It was a good episode. Probably one of my best episodes, man. But guys, thank you. And I'll catch you guys on the flippity flip episode 27. Gra!
All right, guys, we found it. Exodus 13. Let's get it, man. Let's get right into it. I'm only going to read one, maybe two, because the night is young. The day is young, man. But let's get it, guys. Exodus 13, continuing. Then the Lord said to Moses, you must give me every male in Israel who is his mother's first child. That means that every firstborn baby boy and every firstborn male animal will be mine. Moses said to the people, Remember this day. You were slaves in Egypt, but on this day the Lord used his great power and made you free. You must not eat bread without yeast. You must not eat bread with yeast. Today, in the month of Abib, you are leaving Egypt. The Lord made a special promise to your ancestors. He promised to give you the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, and Jebusites. After the Lord leads you to the land filled with many good things, then you must remember this day. You must have a special day of worship on this day, during the first, during the first month of every year. For seven days you must eat only bread without yeast. On the seventh day, there will be a great festival to show honor to the Lord. So for seven days, you must not eat any bread made with yeast. There must be no bread with yeast any place in your land. On this day, you should tell your children, we are having this festival because the Lord took me out of Egypt. This festival will help you remember. It will be like a string tied on your hand. It will be like a sign before your eyes. This festival will help you remember the Lord teachings. It will help you remember that the Lord used his great power to take you out of Egypt. So remember this festival every year at the right time. The Lord will lead you into the land he promised to give you. The Canaanites live there now. But God promised your ancestors that he would give you this land. When that happens, you must remember to give the Lord every firstborn boy. And every male animal that is firstborn must also be given to the Lord. Every firstborn donkey can be brought back. You can offer a lamb and keep the donkey. If you don't want to buy the donkey like this, if you don't want to buy back the donkey like this, then you must break its neck to kill it. But every firstborn baby boy must be brought back from the Lord. In the future, your children will all ask you why you do this. They will say, what does this all mean? And you will answer, the Lord used his great power to save us from Egypt. We were his slaves in that place. But he led us out and brought us here. In Egypt, Pharaoh was stubborn and refused to let us leave. So the Lord killed every firstborn in the land. The Lord killed the firstborn males, animals, and humans. That is why I give every firstborn male animal to the Lord. And that is why I buy back each of my firstborn sons from him. This is like a string tied on your hand, like a sign in front of your eyes. 
It helps you remember that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his great power. Pharaoh made the people leave Egypt. God did not let the people take the road leading to the land of the Philistines. That road by the Mediterranean Sea is the shortest way. But God said, if the people go that way, they will have to fight. Then they might change their minds and go back to Egypt. So God led them another way through the desert by the Red Sea. The Israelites were dressed for war when they left Egypt. Moses carried the bones of Joseph with him. Before Joseph died, he made the Israelites promise to do this for him. He said, when God saves you, remember to carry my bones with you out of Egypt. The Israelites left Sakoth and camped near Etham. Etham was near the desert. The Lord led the way. During the day, he used a tall cloud to lead the people. And during the night, he used a tall column of fire to lead the way. This fire gave them the light so that they could also travel at night. The cloud was always with them during the day. And the column of fire was always with them at night. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of episode 24, Kobe. Guys, thank you, thank you. We made it to episode 24, episode 25. Coming soon to own on DVD. Nah, I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> guys, thank you for listening. Episode 24 concluded. Hope you guys enjoyed. Catch you guys in the next one. Don't forget to keep an eye on the uh, the NLDS and the ALDS game. Uh, we got game threes going on. Well, actually, game four from the Strohs and the, Ash, uh, the, the Twins. And game three from the Phillies. Braves. And diamonds and diamondback and dodges. And last thing before I go, guys. Last thing before I go, Charles Oliveira, UFC number one lightweight contender in the world, has pulled out against Islam Makhachev. Charles Oliveira has pulled out against Islam Makhachev. And Volkanovski is filling in. Alexander Volkanovski is filling in on one week's notice to face Islam Makhachev for the lightweight championship. Wow! And last but not least, Paula Costa. Oh my, he's so pathetic. Used to be a big fan of him, but he's, he's hard to be a fan of him, man. He's so pathetic. Has also pulled out. Paulo Costa has also pulled out against Hamzat Shimaev, but Kamaru Usman has filled in. Oh my God. Talk about Kamaru Usman, man, trying to get to the top. And he's, yo, he's going out there to face Hamzat Shamayev, man. Wow. Shout out to Dana White 
for not panicking and adapting and doing what he does best and putting together the best fights. Wow, man. Wowie, wow, wow. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 24. Catch you guys in the next one, 25. God bless. Enjoy, guys. Let's get it.